Welcome to Irish Illustrated Insider, brought to you by Catanzary Financial Services and Anderson, Augustino, and Keller. I'm Tim Priester with Tim O'Malley, Pete Sampson, and Anna Hickey from Clemson 24-7. We are here to talk finally, totally, no questions today. Uh, I've never been so happy to get a preview done in my life, having looked at Clemson for, for four weeks now, but we're finally here to talk specifically Notre Dame and Clemson and how these two teams match up and what's going to happen on the field. We brought Anna in to give her Clemson perspective. Anna, thank you for joining us. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Um, first, let's get your perspective on um, you know where you think this Clemson team is in terms of third straight playoff or four. I'm sorry, fourth straight playoff bid. I think there's a suspicion that you know maybe they're taking Notre Dame for granted, and that would be human nature uh, considering the success that they've had. And Notre Dame's an interloper in this whole thing, but. Just your perspective on, on Clemson and where you think they are emotionally. Two things that I would say if you're thinking that Clemson's already looking ahead to Alabama. One is they lost to Alabama last year pretty pretty badly. And that's a huge reason why a lot of these guys came back, notably on the defensive line. So I don't I think they understand that in order to play Alabama, play Oklahoma, you've got to win this game. There's just too much senior leadership for them to think that they're just going to cruise in this game. They're not going to have to give it their all. They're not going to have to give it their undivided attention. They can kind of just mail it in. Um, the other thing that I would say is that this is the first game, playoff game, that they've been favored in, um, which is kind of unreal considering how many playoff games they've played in the past few years. And the success years. that they've had, Right, yes. exactly. So I, and knowing Dabo Sweeney, I can just see him talking to his team saying, Notre Dame is playing this underdog card, which we have played this entire way through our run, if you don't think, I mean, they, in other words, Clemson knows exactly what Notre Dame is feeling right now. And Clemson was, I don't forget how many points underdog they were against Ohio State a couple years ago, and they came out and blanketed them 31 to zero. Mm -hmm. So I can just see Dabo relaying to his team, if that's the, your approach, look how quickly we made quick work of Ohio State, the same thing can happen. I have a feeling you have two teams that both believe 100% they're gonna win. I mean. Clemson deserves that because they've been here before, and Notre Dame deserves it because they've handled everybody that they've played this year. I don't think Notre Dame looks at them. I think they, they know they're an underdog. I get just get the feeling talking to them yesterday, they seem like, right or wrong, they know something we don't know in their confidence level, if that makes sense. I mean, I think Notre Dame, I think Clemson is the better all-around team, but I think Notre Dame can beat Clemson. I would think Notre Dame would have to probably win the turnover battle to beat Clemson. You know, I don't think if they just play 100% straight up that Notre Dame will beat them, but I think if I don't think they have to get all these crazy things to beat them. I think if they just get one more turnover than Clemson, that could be enough. Um, I, I get the feeling Notre Dame believes they're the better team and they're going to win, and certainly Clemson believes that. The one thing I would say to that is I think in talking to these players and these coordinators for the first time, you can tell on both sides of the ball how much Notre Dame trusts their coordinators to game plan against Clemson, and I think that's a huge part of where their confidence is coming from, because I got that same amount of confidence, and it wasn't a cockiness, it was just, we belong here, yeah. and anyone saying we don't is wrong, and I, I think it stems on how offense and defense, how much they believe in the game plan. Yeah, I mean, I think the coordinator matchup is really kind of one of the, the most important parts of the game for me, because all season, Notre Dame has had an advantage there, and this, this time they don't. Um, you know, the Elliott, Scott, Venables group has been lights out for Clemson, as good as Long and Lee have been. They haven't accomplished anything close to what those well, guys yeah, have it's done. Been, it's a different, um, different levels. Yeah, but it's just like you think about how Notre Dame has out-adjusted basically everyone this season. Including well, Don Brown, as you pointed yeah, out. But it's just Don Brown. Yeah. You don't, like, 
Clemson has three Don Browns, so it's it's just sort of a different um, a different build up there. I did, and I want to ask you something because we on this we've talked a lot about whether it be Myron Tagovailoa Mosa coming back from the ankle, or Cole Komet from the ankle, uh, Ian Book rib, Tavon Coney just gassed, um, Drew Tranquil from the ankle. who are like who are the Clemson guys you think maybe benefited most from the month off? Do do they have guys like that, or because they've basically housed so many teams they've played, they haven't had to go as deep as Notre Dame has had to go this season to, to really burn a lot of fuel just to get here. I think even when they're not housing teams, it's just Clemson's DNA to play a lot of guys, and that's one of the main criticisms that Clemson has of Dabo Sweeney, is they'll be up maybe by 7, 10 points, maybe less than that, and Clemson will already put in its second, third team wide receivers. They're already changed the offensive line, and, and Clemson fans kind of quip at that. So um, it's not only just that the fact that they've been beating teams. I think it's just how Clemson they, – they, last year they also learned a lesson because Clemson's defensive line was just totally gassed at this time mm-hmm. last year, and I think it showed against Alabama. Their whole defense was really – in this time of year, I think they really are coming in this matchup significantly more fresh legged, and that's been a theme that we've been talking to coaches about since the ACC championship is just how fresh this Clemson team is. Um, so to answer your question – yeah, I'm sure it helps like in the big picture for everyone to kind of get their legs back, but I don't know if I could point out one position group or one player where mm-hmm. this where yeah, this time just, off it's is. Yeah, it's interesting because like with Notre Dame, I think we can point yeah. out Absolutely. Six, six yeah, I was looking at the And I thought, I thought in watching Clemson, South Carolina, that I, you know, maybe they, it's 12th game of the season. I mean, everybody has players that are a little bit tired, and mm-hmm. when they give up five touchdown passes in that one game and 11 for the whole season, you start to wonder, okay, are they just gassed? I mean, that would be a nice thing to think if you're Clemson. <laughs> I know Brent I Venables I, didn't believe yeah, that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't buy that. If yeah. I, was, I think that was, like, some serious yeah. issues. That you could they, be mentally gassed, too. Yeah, right? that's I mean, part like, of they it. They are supposed to kill right. a rival. Right. And I think to, and, and I think we all felt that that's where Nording was against USC physically and mentally a little bit. You know, Pete, getting back to your point about the coordinators, I think in, in order for Nording to win this game, their coordinators have to, have to out-coach Clemson's. And I'm not sure – you know how you do that with the Scott Elliott team on offense and Venables on defense, but I think to some extent that has to happen. Anna, if I mean we're this this Clemson team is so good in so many different areas, but if there is an area where it is vulnerable, what is your opinion on that? I think you have to look at it in the context of what Notre Dame's good at, and I would say if they get those two tight ends, it's what I keep going back to: big bodies and a book. I don't think he's shown been able to do it all. He's been able to do it all season. But if he can hit those guys in stride in the middle of the field against Clemson's linebackers and safeties, I think there could be a possibility for a real mismatch there. Um, he does like to go to the outside a lot and then throw over the top to the outside as well. So I don't know, especially if Clemson's getting pressure, I don't know if he'll be able to stand in the pocket and kind of pick apart Clems- or Clemson's defense like South Carolina and Texas A&M was because it's a different type of offense, but if, I, th- I do think there's some success to be able to found there. Yeah, I don't think that Chip Long is going to put Ian Book in a situation where he has to, you know, seven-step drop, right. read, go through all the, you know, yep. all three progressions. I don't think anybody believes that they're going to have the time to do that more than a handful of occasions. Um, you know, I look at this, tell me what you think about this, because everybody talks about Clemson's defensive line, and I, I get it, I mm-hmm. see it. Dexter Lawrence being out of there helps Notre Dame. There's no doubt about it. But to me, the the key is for Notre Dame to, to stop the running game. ETN, not, not stop it, but to slow it down. If ETN and Feaster and Choice and Dixon 
you know, are averaging their seven to nine point yards or seven to nine yards per carry, obviously this game's going to get out of hand. Um, what have you seen in terms of, you know, as far as like Clemson's running game, just breaking down the other team and then that opening things up for Lawrence? Yeah, I've seen that, especially in the beginning of the year. But I also think there's been teams that have been able to take that away. And I think that's what Notre Dame's going to do. Um, Clemson's offensive line is, is adept at getting push. It's not like Notre Dame in the past couple of years adept at getting push. But I do think that, I do think that um, like you were saying, if Notre Dame's going to win that matchup, they have to first stop the run. And I think that's going to be what they do first and foremost and make Trevor Lawrence make plays against them. So I do not see Travis averaging seven, eight yards per carry. I just don't in this game. We talked about this a little. Do you see him more featured? Is you know, you mentioned everybody's yeah. one. They want to keep everybody fresh on defense. Obviously, he has really good backups, but there's a different level of when he is rolling and the other and, and the backups at this stage of their career. Do you see him all of a sudden being the feature back? Yeah. Yes and no. Um, I do think that they're going to try to keep him as fresh as possible okay. for the third and fourth quarter if the game's close, and especially because Notre Dame. I know they like to rotate on the defensive mm -hmm. line, but I was talking to Tavian Feaster yesterday. He said tempo is especially important for this game because they know Notre Dame likes to rotate on the defensive line, and they're going to try to make it so they can't rotate as much. Um, and then as often as Notre Dame safeties play and Notre Dame's linebackers play, I think they like to keep a relatively fresh Travis going into the second half. What other aspects um, of, of this matchup do you think are, are um, essential or key to the outcome of the game? The first one that comes to mind is just Ian Book and Notre Dame's protection, being able to pick on, pick up on not only just the front four, but all the different looks that Brent Venables is going to give because that's just his MO. I mean, that's what he's going to do. He's going to bring so many different looks, whether it's a corner blitz, whether it's showing blitz, dropping, whether it's Peg putting a defensive end against a wide receiver. Clemson's done that before. Um, I think there's just going to be a lot of different looks that Ian Book has not seen. I was yet. a little, I was intrigued by in, in watching as much film as I could of them, um, the, the last second decisions that Venables makes with, with the defense, which sometimes got them in trouble. At least, I, I think South Carolina was a big example, and I don't know, that may have had something to do with those five touchdown passes. But so it works for them, but. Does it work against them often enough where it, it's a problem for Clemson? Not often enough, but when it does work against them, it's glaring. <laughs> Syracuse last year was a big issue when they lost. Because, um, you know, Syracuse likes to get set at the line real fast and then kind of look over to the, si the sideline and then run the play. And that kind of that definitely negated what Clemson liked to do. So I don't know. Does that totally play into what Notre Dame likes to do, though? I think that it, it probably would because, I yeah. mean, the, the way that Notre Dame runs their offense, they don't substitute within <laughs> drives offensively. They'll, like, pick a personnel group and right. then roll with it. Like, if they come out in two tight ends on the first play of the drive, they'll probably be in two tight ends on the 10th play. Same thing's true if they come out in, you know, three wide personnel so if they do that and they can go tempo um i think that venable's sort of desire to to change last to have the last line change is, is probably not going to be that functional um, that, that's a kind of an interesting strategic yeah, coordinator like versus coordinator part of the game to me and because you asked me the question for your uh, preview on your site i don't know if we have disparate views on this or not but do you see the Clemson corners having a physical advantage on Notre Dame's receivers because you had me ranking like mm -hmm. what you know the, basically ten questions rank these in order of confidence and the one that I couldn't I had ultimate confidence in where I thought this is not a question for me was that Notre Dame's receivers would struggle 
on the outside? Is, is it something where you see Clemson has really had success with their corners in that situation? I don't think it's a situation where Clemson's going to come out and out-physical them. I think they can match the physicality. Um, and I think that's maybe something that we haven't talked about enough um, because we know how physical Notre Dame's receivers yeah. are and Clemson's cornerbacks. They just haven't been featured a ton this season. It's the defensive line has been the, and, in a good way, and then it's been the safeties in a bad way, and somewhere along the way the corners have just yeah. kind of gotten lost in the mix. But Trayvon Mullen's likely going to go to the NFL this season. He's a first or second rounder. A.J. Terrell's only a sophomore, but he's headed in that direction. He's a five-star. Like right? Yeah, he's a five-star, he's a five-star yeah. on some for some services. Now, they don't have a lot of depth there, especially because their third corner, Mark Fields, was in a yellow jersey on Christmas Day in Dabo, and they've been very vague about him since then. Um, he's also been hurt this whole season. And there's been a bunch of issues there. So their depth behind the two starters are is basically nothing. So that's something to watch for. But I do think those two corners will hold up well and press man coverage against Notre Dame. What about their linebackers? Because I've heard kind of mixed things. I mean, I know Trey Lamar, that dude <laughs> – that dude covers a lot of ground, but he I also was out for South Carolina. Yes, I know he was out for that game, but I, I also know that, I, or this is my perception of it, that his sometimes his aggressiveness gets the best of him, and he runs himself out of plays, which is the the issue that most active linebackers have to have. You want to you want to hit the crease and, and get there, but you don't uh, you don't want to run past anything. Just, in Lamar and the other linebackers, where where do you see them as far as their level of productivity? Really good in run support. I think where they struggle or vulnerable at least or in the passing game. Yeah. Um, Isaiah Simmons is a first year starter. I'm sure. I think I've he's a you guys he's a freak man. He's a freak. Yeah, but and, and Dabo interestingly said in, during the bye week, our stealing on defense is basically dependent on how far along Isaiah Simmons comes. Yeah, that's when, on, on, when people talk about Trevor Lawrence being a freshman, I think of Isaiah, first-year starter, Isaiah Simmons. He's like the only guy where you look at and think, boy, that guy in a couple years when he knows everything is going to be something else. But it does seem like there are times where you can get him thinking, and right. all of a sudden he's not the freakish athlete that he looks ridiculous out there when he's running and he knows where to attack. But there's even some games where against Boston College, you're like, how is, how is he not making that play? Because well, he takes bad angles. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Against, in two years, he won't. Yeah, yeah. no, exactly. Against, uh, Notre Dame's big bodies. I mean, he's going to be huge because he can match up with them yeah. in yeah. size-wise, but I think it's, it's going to be an issue. He's, uh, he's interesting. I mean, he's, he's an outside linebacker slash nickel. For li- yeah, for listeners, just, he's kind of the nickel, which is weird but, to see. But he, but, he, but he has linebacker size. <laughs> Right. Right. Yeah. He has I mean, six, he, three. He's, yeah. Yeah. He's he's freakish. Okay, Anna. Um, we're going to save our predictions for segment two, but um, I get on the spot now. <laughs> we also have to ask her why she doesn't like puppies. Uh, I wasn't, I wasn't going no. to get into that because as as colleagues or it's, former colleagues uh, and colleagues I, of her, we know better than I think that. It's a good running joke. Right but uh, <laughs> look, we're going to express our we express our opinions every now and then. We pick against Notre Dame, not since Michigan game. Uh, but just your thoughts on the outcome of this game. I do think Clemson wins. Um, to me, the spread is very interesting. I, I thought it was it's higher yeah. than what I, I thought it would be. Um, what is it now, 12 and a half? 12 and a half. 12 and a half. Um, I think it's going to be right around there. That's what I'm leaning towards. I haven't really thought about nailed down an exact score prediction, but I think it'll be somewhere in the 30s. Clemson breaks that 30 threshold, and, and I think they hold Notre Dame somewhere in the 20s. A follow-up for that, do you think it will be Notre Dame fighting back to get into that or Clemson outlasting them and I pulling away? I think Clemson outlasting them. So you I think, think Notre Dame hangs with them? And, uh, yeah. uh, that's how I see it unfolding. And then maybe at the end, 
Notre Dame's backers and safeties have just been on the field so long, and Travis, they've been holding Travis the whole game, and then he hits that crease one yeah. time. Yeah, no, that, that, that's a good point. And turns into, like, a six-point game into, like, 12, seven, yeah. 13 they don't points. they don't substitute at those right. two spots, so that's a good point. Anna Hickey from yeah. Clemson 24-7, <laughs> thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The college football playoffs are here, and getting tickets online can be far too complicated. With hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability, it's hard to know who to trust. That's why SeatGeek is the way to go. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. By searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on value, SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to ticket source for everything from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. Best of all, Irish Illustrated listeners get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code IRISH today. That's promo code I-R-I-S-H for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek. Life's an event. We have the tickets. Irish Illustrated listeners get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code IRISH today. That's promo code I-R-I-S-H for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Segment two, normally burning up the boards, but uh, with the game on Saturday, we are focusing strictly on what we think the keys are for a Notre Dame victory, how Notre Dame wins. Uh, first of all, we're going to talk about Dexter Lawrence uh, because it is it is a significant loss. The dude's 6'4", 350. He's a really good football player, and he's going to play in the NFL along with the rest of the guys on the defensive line. But it's an area that, uh, Pete, I think you may have started to explain it. And instead of, uh, you know, instead of third and five, it might be third and one or third and two because of the push that you can get in the middle. Was that you? It uh, probably was. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think you know, the way I looked at it is like it's first and 10 with Dexter Lawrence. It might be second and 11. Uh, without Dexter Lawrence, maybe it's second and five. Um, I think ESPN had a stat where. With Lawrence on the field, Clemson is actually allowing 1.7 yards per rush. Uh, without him, they're averaging 3.0 yards allowed per rush, which is still really good. Um, just yeah. enter that into the record. But um, I just th- like I think that's a it's a huge setback for them. It's it's not the same as if Jerry Tillery was hurt for Notre Dame because Clemson has way better depth uh, than Notre Dame does on the defensive line. So. Clemson can easily withstand that and win the game, but I think that we're talking about one of Clemson's five five best yeah. players, yeah. three yes. best players. I mean, I think there's – I want to say it was pro football Focus did sort of a ranking of all the players in the college football playoff, and I think he might have been three. Yo. So it's a big deal. Um, that's a, It's a large man that would have been uh, impossible for Notre Dame to move and required a double-team 
to get any sort of action at all. And if you were double teaming Dexter Lawrence, then you're single teaming Christian Wilkins, and that's a probably even bigger problem. I agree with everything you said. Um, Albert Huggins, though, I, I kind of liken it for Notre Dame fans. If Stefan Tuitt were out for the 2012 game, they'd have Sheldon Day. Nothing wrong with young Sheldon Day going in there. That's kind of what they have in Albert Huggins. He has 11 quarterback pressures as a backup nose tackle. 11 quarterback pressures as a backup nose tackle. They do rotate. But Dexter Lawrence is a NFL put this man in the pivot, and he is going to hold down your line player. So you miss that. Did he no have matter what was it 17 quarterback pressures yeah. that he had? Yeah. Is that what 15, it was? 15 uh, officially, but that's not even okay. close. He, doesn't, he didn't get to the quarterback very often, but as it's we like, all know, pressures, are, what Notre pressures Dame have, been, yeah, have been really he, significant he for Notre Dame. He the quarterback <laughs> often. <laughs> yeah. He frightened him into failure. <laughs> so we all agree that Dexter Lawrence, it should not be overlooked that he's out, but they do have a very good backup. It is not bringing in... Nobody that Notre Dame will now just exploit. But maybe it goes that Sam Mustafer has an advantage where he had a, dis- a distinct disadvantage, yeah. right? That's just from sheer experience. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, he I, had a distinct disadvantage. There, I, I, everybody d- yeah. does against yeah. Yeah. Dexter Lawrence has a distinct disadvantage. You still have to deal with Christian Wilkins. You're still going to have to double team him. You were going to anyway, I think. Um, so it's problematic. But as the question that we took in a podcast on uh, Thursday. It does kind of even out the lines, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. uh, a little bit, pretty much. So, um, you know, advantage Notre Dame or, or advantage gained Notre Dame in that situation. So, I mean, what do you guys think, if we're sitting here and our plan is again to record on Saturday night after the game, uh, as we've been doing recently with, with bowl games, if we're, if we're sitting here and, and discussing how Notre Dame beat Clemson, what do you think the themes are going to be? Uh, I think Trevor Lawrence will have to have an off day or an off afternoon. And I, th- I think that Julian Love and Troy, Troy Pride probably most will have to play his best game of the year. Um, I, th- I think at Notre Dame's corners win one-on-one matchups at a high, high rate. Um, you know, I'm, I'm talking six, seven PBUs between the two of them. Because... Um, if I'm if I'm Notre Dame, I'm still gambling. I would rather have leave pride and love against Higgins, Ross, and whoever else they want to throw it there in one-on-one matchups, than cheat Tranquil or Coney out of the box uh, and have Travis Etienne go nuts. Um, so, so that that would be those would be the big things for me. Is how how well Notre Dame's corners will have played great. Trevor Lawrence will have made some mistakes, uh, and then. You know, beyond that, beyond that, I think everything else is sort of within the margin for error. I think it, there's no point in saying like, well, and then Notre Dame will have to not fumble out on kickoff yeah, return, yeah, like duh. Right. So, but that's that's the big thing to me is if Notre Dame's corners play great and schematically they're allowed to play great, um, then then I think Notre Dame has a chance to win the game. Well, my big picture is related to that. I think it'll be somewhere in the fourth quarter. Everybody will be watching television saying. I did not know Notre Dame's defensive line was this good in terms of rushing the passer because that, I think, allows Trevor Lawrence to have an inefficient day. That, I believe, allows Troy Pride and Julian Love to win matchups that they otherwise might not win if there's too much time. It allows a guy who is going to be on the spot because he's, although he's come through the fire, he is simply not as good as the guy he's going to be going against. Nick Coleman at nickel is going to have to have a very good day too. But these guys don't have good days. 
if the defensive line doesn't get home on third down. Yeah, we've been talking all along that that you know the safeties and linebackers. Notre Dame has to exploit Clemson's safeties and linebackers. Anna Hickey in segment one talked about um, you know that they are vulnerable against the pass, which is pretty much what I think I was able to discern in in, in watching them uh, and some feedback through Notre Dame that 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 was an area they could attack. Um, you know, 50-50 balls with, with Boykin and Claypool against their corners. Notre Dame's got to win a fair share of those. Um, you know, it goes without saying the ETN and Feaster can't have a big day. You know, turnovers are interesting but because both teams have forced 20 turnovers. You, you look at Clemson's defense and you figure, you know, they're probably closer to 30 than 20, but they haven't, they haven't necessarily done that. Notre Dame actually is plus five and Clemson's plus four. So at the very least, that's got to be break-even with each one of an advantage. uh, You know, that tips the scales a little bit further. I think Chip Long has to have a great day, and he's certainly capable of doing that. Um, He has to have it against the best defensive coordinator in the country, but we both agree Chip Long has to have a great day, right? He he does, but, you know, I I also think that, that I think Venables can run himself. He obviously he doesn't do it a whole lot, but he runs himself into some trouble sometimes with the late decisions that he makes. And I think Ian Book and Notre Dame's offense is, is one that can take advantage of that. So that'll be something. If you see the confusion, there were a couple games where there's just flat-out confusion before the snap of the ball. I would think that Brent Venables would try to eliminate that from being a possibility in this game, but we'll see what happens because he likes to do it. I wanted to do that. I thought about this a couple weeks ago. I wanted to do this on this segment, so I'm... Jumping in, I'm going to run it by you guys real fast. Yeah. Just give me your confidence level, one being lowest, three being highest. Notre Dame only. Quarterback play. Two. I'd say two to three if I can do that. Running back play. Just their overall catching the ball, running the ball, doing their job. Uh, two, but, like, I'm kind of – I want to shade that down. Right. I want to go you're one not and shading half. Up, you're shading yeah, I would, I would say two max. Not, not, not necessarily as a reflection of the running backs of themselves, not, but of what they're – Yeah, okay. The defense, right, right. Offensive line. One. I would say one. I would agree. And I'm with you guys on two. two I think the running backs will catch the passes, so two, two, and one for me. Wide receivers. Three. Two to three. I'm, but, at, I'm at three as well. Yeah. Um, Especially if you if you if you give me Mac and Komet in the receiver group, that's a strong three. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to put them all yes. together. Mac and I, I really I know I know I've been pushing this, but I really think Jafar Armstrong, and not just Jafar Armstrong, but all three backs who have now proven that they can, you know, Dexter Williams has improved catching the football. I think it's an area. I I, I think what we saw the play that Tony Jones scored the final touchdown against USC where he almost dropped it, <laughs> but he held on. But I, I think that play is going to come up. I think Chip Long's going to set that play up beautifully, and they've got to hit it. They've, they've got to hit that. I'm going to go back to front. Safeties. Notre Dame safeties. Yeah, all this is all sitting Sorry. on uh, I'm in the two-and-a-half range. I'm in the two-and-a-half range. Cornerback. Three. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I got to believe there's no reason to, to disbelieve in Notre Dame's corners at this point in the if season. If you include Colden, Nickel, you're three overall. Uh, I'd probably go down to two. Okay, because he has to be yeah. included, right? I mean, that's the, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, Higgins and Ross are scary. <laughs> Linebacker, got to include Bilal and everything, of course, here. Mm, but. That's, I, I'm kind of more like one and a half on that one, and it has nothing. It was very little to do with how good Tranquil and Coney right. actually are. I just think schematically... Clemson is going to put them in such a bind tomorrow 
that they're they are not going to look good. Not that doesn't good mean they're they not good players. Right. I just think Clemson is going to make from a from a coordinator versus coordinator perspective, Clemson's offense is going to put Tranquil and Coney in some bad spots. And Bilal on occasion as well. And Bilal for sure. Clearly, clearly Clemson has seen on film the difference in Notre Dame's defense when Tranquil's in the box and when he is forced to be outside yeah. of the box and deal yeah. with that extra receiver. So you're at two, two, two uh, down. Yeah, I mean, I still, I still Shane like, low. I still yeah, like yeah. running those guys out there right, in, right. in in the white jerseys. Uh, I, I probably have a little bit more confidence than than Pete, but I, I certainly respect the the dilemma that they can put Notre Dame's linebackers in. Defensive line, most important part of the game for me. It's all going to count to run game and getting there. Yeah, I, I think I'll go three on yeah. this one. I mean. Kareem and McGuire are sort of like known quantities. You get the same thing all the time. Um, Tillery has been less consistent, but he's been automatic in big games this season. I think this will be one of those games. I I, I can't say three, and you guys know why, because I've said it 100 times. <laughs> I, and, it, and it has nothing to do with a pass rush. Right. I say three because I think they'll come to play against the run in this game. However, And I think they'll rotate less, and they will not rotate in some people that can't play. Um, so how does Bonner, Bonner, Bonner slash does, Heinish? I think Heinish does fine, and I think he plays maybe a touch more than usual. I think Bonner is obviously the weakest link of the guys that's going to play, of the eight guys that's going to play. Um, but I think they will focus more on the five, six guys that can really get it done. My main concern is, and I'm going to continue harping on it because I have, I could put the offensive line at a zero. In levels of confidence. In level of confidence. I don't think they might not play that, but I, I, I don't. It is foreseeable that Clemson will overrun Notre Dame's running game because of the offensive line. That's the only time I look at this game and think Notre Dame does not match up. I think they're a really good team, Notre Dame. I think Clemson just has them right there. And it's, that's why I think it's huge that Dexter Lawrence yeah. is in the game because that shades me up to one. Yeah, I was at zero coming in too, okay. a couple days ago. All right, do you have any other uh, Those are my, categories uh, to rank? Things I thought about two weeks ago. We had all right. Yeah. So we have. Um, I mean, for people who have been listening to our podcast here in recent weeks, we have gone inside and out. And um, as I said, I don't. I, I, when when it comes to a bowl game and analyzing this, I, I don't know that I've ever analyzed an opponent as much as I have here it, since, since I coached the in a state. Bowl, right? No, okay. since I coached in a. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. No, since I coached in a state baseball championship game, oh, that's the last time I've known this much about a, an opponent. Yeah. <laughs> Including somebody's urine. <laughs> yeah. That's still bad. <laughs> and I lost that game 8-3. to three. So uh, uh, there's only so much you can do when you throw a couple fastballs down the heart of the plate to their uh, number four hitter. But anyway, uh, so that leads us to that leads us to uh, to predictions. And, and I'm in a position to – predict because normally we do this on two days before a game but the haze in the barn and the 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 preview all the previews will come out shortly after this podcast is heard this is mind-blowing this is like kirk curb street picking a game on game yeah that he's yes. following that he's i know audible prediction <laughs> um i am i think clemson wins the game i think that the 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 flow of the game will be different um but the feeling of the game will be similar to ohio state in 2005 where it feels like Notre Dame is sort of at arm's length the whole time, and they, they they get to a point in the third quarter, fourth quarter, where you feel like, okay, maybe maybe they're going to like pull this off. You know, maybe, maybe they're going to you know flip over, and it's going to be blackjack, and they they'll they'll win a gamble and and take it. 
I just, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, I don't think that they're they're going to. This game is going to be, I think, probably more frustrating to watch uh, for Notre Dame fans than they would like. Uh, I think the line, while it doesn't make sense to me, is probably going to be how the game plays out. Um, and I, but I, but I don't think it's going to be a front door cover situation right. where Clemson scores late to to put Notre Dame away. Um, I think I think it's going to feel like a a ten point game most of the game. Um, and that, that will be pretty frustrating, I think, for, for Notre Dame to take. But I, I just think that there are there are too many good matchups for Clemson and not a good enough good ones for Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame win, picking Notre Dame to win a huge game where their offensive line doesn't play well doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and I can't I can't get past that point. For all the advantages I can I can pick out. I right. can, like I can see Notre Dame winning here, I can see Notre Dame winning there, I can see Notre Dame taking advantage of that. To, to have your offensive line be under duress uh, for three and a half hours, that's the one I just can't get past. So I'm going Clemson 31-23, um, but I, I don't think – so that's a Notre Dame cover, but I don't think the game is going to feel like a game where Notre Dame was like kind of one score worse. I think it's going to – I think Clemson is just a little bit better than that against Notre Dame. I'm close – I guess I'm a little closer in the score in that I think it – comes down to Notre Dame's offensive line maybe not getting it done in the red zone because Clemson's defense is, is number one nationally in the red zone and, and not allowing touchdowns per visit. I think that matters because I think Notre Dame is going to get into the red zone. I don't think it's going to be a situation where they're stifled all day because even though I don't think it's consistent running could possibly happen, I think they'll move the ball. They have they know how to move the ball if they can't consistently run these days. Um, it's I just see too many field goals is my tagline. I, I see too many field goals when you think, look at that big play that got Notre Dame to the five-yard line, yeah. and it's three points instead. And that is the fear, I guess, you have if you're watching Notre Dame play really well, that there's those missed opportunities they don't catch, cash in on. For yeah, me. I'm with you on the field goal part. I think that that's going to, to, to play a role here. I, and, and, you know, admittedly, this may, there may be a little bit more wishful thinking in here, but I think Notre Dame comes out and plays with them. I, I really do. I, I, think, I, think they, I think they match them. Um, Throughout most of the game, yeah, that's, I, that's I, how I feel with the field goals. They, yeah, they match I, them, but they don't cash in. It's, but I don't. But I don't. But I'm not seeing Clemson pulling away during during that during that period. Um, I I have to put some significant weight on the experience of, of Clemson being in this situation before, and Notre Dame not. And I can, and I so what I'm seeing is uh, I think actually I think Notre Dame is winning the football game and going into the fourth quarter. Now that again that may be some. Wishful thinking there, but I have a ton of confidence in Chip Long and Clark Lee, and that that when you consider who they're going against, that doesn't make a whole lot of, a whole lot of sense because of the experience level, uh, the comparative experience levels. But I just think I, I have a lot of confidence in Chip Long and Clark Lee, and that they put them in a position to win the game in the fourth quarter. But the experience of Clemson shines through in somewhat tragic fashion for Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm with you on the long lead to give my, like, my final score is like a, a three-point yeah, but game. You, I, I, mean, I know, but I'm, I've got Notre Dame leading going into the yeah, fourth I don't, quarter. Yeah, I don't necessarily yeah, okay. foresee that. Right. I, I just foresee Notre Dame playing really well and a, the team that's a little better beats them. Yeah, and I, I readily mean, admit yeah. that, that Pete's scenario is probably, is, there's a higher percentage of that scenario. I guess like, if I had to distill how I, the flow of the game down to just like a nugget, I think Notre Dame's up, 
or I, I think Clemson is up ten nothing at the end of the first quarter. I thought your Ohio that, State that kind of game yeah. was a. I thought Ohio State. Well, that has to be avoided at all costs. Yes, because yes. I don't yeah. because then I then you know then that then that throws everything out of whack. But uh, my my final nugget, and I, it's at the end of the preview. I I, I you know I think that Nordame, despite losing this game, comes out of it feeling re- really good about picking up the pieces and moving into tomorrow. Now that doesn't obviously. You know, they're not going to get an extra year of eligibility for Coney Tranquil and Tillery, and so that's going to put a huge dent in what Nordame has moving forward. But I think there's a great chance that they win every one of those 50-50 situations and decisions among the guys that are considering leaving for the NFL. So I have Clemson 27-23, but I think Nordame fans come out of this feeling good about the effort put forth against a great Clemson team about how the future looks, including going into 2019. Okay. Okay. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. And, and again, our plan is to uh, reconvene at some point here back in the Omni after the game, after we've gotten most of our post-game written work done. After uh, the fifth overtime. It could be late. Well, yeah. boy, it would be late then. But uh, uh, O'Malley and I will be, uh, of course, we'll see you like always before the game on uh, our pregame analysis and then instant analysis in the postgame. Thanks for joining us on Irish Illustrated Insider. We'll talk to you on Saturday. Irish Illustrated Insider is brought to you by Anderson, Augustino, and Keller, Attorneys at Law, with offices in South Bend, Indiana, serving the local community's legal needs with a diverse and innovative group of lawyers. Let their team be your edge on legal matters. Contact the lawyers at Anderson, Augustino, and Keller at 574-288-1510 or visit their webpage at aaklaw.com.